Welcome gamers to this week's episode of Last Call Gaming. We're on episode number 146. Today is September 2nd. My name is Craig Prowls and joining me is the happy that we hit 9,000, Ranger Montemarie. I'm just ready to hit 50,000 and act like I don't know nobody. Dude, I'm waiting for those floodgates to just start pouring through, bro. I want us to get super successful and then quit like right at the peak. Man, that's the goal. That's the that's the goal, guys. So if you are joining us today on the YouTube uh, channel, guys, make sure you guys like, comment, subscribe, share, and hit that notification bell to be caught up to date with all of our latest videos. If you guys are interested in following us on any of the social media platforms, check out our Linktree link, which is in the description. And if you guys are listening to the audio-only version of this podcast, check us out on whatever podcast platform you guys prefer. But Anchor is the home for us, and from there, you guys can actually... Um, help contribute to the show so we can grow. So, uh, before Andrew and I dive into our main topics and questions today, we like to do What Are You Up To? Where we take a second, we talk about what we've been playing and what we've been watching. So, after a nice action-packed week, my man, what uh, have you been up to? Uh, I'm still, I'm actually diving more into Destiny 2 than I was before uh, last week. I don't think I was too far in. Now I'm kind of like really getting into it and uh, we started playing like the Crucible, which is their multiplayer Last night, they actually have this other cool mode on there. I hadn't seen it before, and it's called Gambit. And so, pulled Gambit. it's 4v4, and you're in the same area, but like, let, let's just say, like an alternate dimension. So, they're doing the same stuff you're doing. So, you're killing strong enemies and collecting these like orbs to summon this mega boss. And it's essentially the first team to kill the mega boss. I like but it. there's I like certain it. things that can happen. Like there's a portal that opens up. So I could go in there and try and kill them to get us extra points or it'll make their boss's health if they die go back up mm. giving them more health. Or sometimes when you're collecting those coins uh, not coins, the orbs there's a machine you put it in and that gets you closer to summoning the boss but it also you can shut it down for the enemy or they'll shut it down for you and it sends stronger than normal enemies into your world too so it kind of slows you down so it's a pretty cool dynamic i actually found that one to be like really really cool Who so you've been doing that with uh i've only been doing it with dante maybe you if you want to get I, in with well us. i was trying to download it the other day because he was telling me that you guys were doing it again and I, I think we had it that one time and i uninstalled it i did it again it was what like 120 something gigs that it took me like all day to do it so by the time it finally loaded up it, like the day was gone so it's finally on there now so maybe i will dive in there with you guys so that has actually been really fun trying out all the different things on there. It's really, uh, I'm having a great time with it. I think it's really cool. I've also dive. I'm diving back into Battlefield 2042. I know I talk a lot of shit about that game when it first launched. It's been a while now. They actually just did their big 2.0 update that they're hoping is to maybe get the game on track. So I'm like, okay, let me get in here because... I'm not over Call of Duty, but I am over Call of Duty and just ready for the next one. That's like maybe on those day on those days when I'm not having fun and, or I'm getting my ass kicked. I need something else, like just something a little more refreshing to where I can just play and have fun and not have to worry about a meta and my KD and all this stuff. I'm just getting in there and doing whatever. And I actually have a lot more fun playing it now than when it launched. I feel like it runs a lot better. The weapons are better. Like the shooting, everything just seems like it's a lot more of where it should be and they dropped some new maps on there there's rush on there now along with the breakthrough um i don't think the game is where it needs to be though i'd say it's probably about like halfway there which doesn't sound good but if you already bought it 
I'd recommend downloading it and at least playing it now because I'm having fun. I feel like it's a breath of fresh air, especially, like I said, on those days where maybe Call of Duty is just not cutting it. It's running like shit. You're getting kicked from games. You know, they've been having issues since their last update. That I'm like, okay, I'm over it. I've already been kicked out of three different games while I'm already kind of on a killing spree. I don't want to do that anymore. I'm just going to jump into this. And it feels a lot better and a lot refreshing. Do you remember how long how long it's been since the update? Like, Because that game came out... When did, I'm trying to remember when that game actually dropped. So how long has it been since, I since think, it's been almost, I guess, playable? I think it came out in, like, October last year. Okay, so if it's been I'm a few months then? Uh, uh, yeah, it's been a long time. There's a long time that that game was running like shit. And even still, I play on console, too. I know that they haven't fixed everything. Like, I know on PC, I was watching some other guy's video, and he was saying it's definitely nowhere where it needs to be. But that's because he said the there's, like, some weird mouse latency or something. So from what I'm saying, take that from a console point of view. Mm-hmm. But I've been looking at other big streamers who primarily did Battlefield are going back to it. They're saying, okay, like, you know, this is a step in the right direction. Again, they still have a lot of fundamental problems that they're kind of working on fixing in maybe a better way. And hopefully we can see something good from it. I'd like it to be as good as Battlefield 4 ended by the time it was done. As far as watching anything, I know there's a couple of big shows out. I haven't watched anything. I've just been too busy playing games. But I did watch, um, I know I've talked about it on here before, The Dark Side of Wrestling. They actually have, I don't know how many series they have or if this is just their second series. There's a dark side of comedy and it goes into people like Roseanne, Richard Pryor, all kinds of people like that. I watched the Chris Farley one and I thought it was actually really, really good because it not only talks about his upbringing, they have full-blown, his brother is featured all throughout the episode and talks about like their life as a kid and you know stuff with his weight and then how maybe they he kind of fell out of touch a bit when he started getting into drinking and drugs and they have a few other snl people on there um tom arnold's on there like a lot and i was like man this is actually really really good i think the only thing i would have liked to see is maybe a few other because they have like chris Catan, so maybe it would have been nice to see like Something from David Spade in there. I'm, I'm like, you know, you could... Because especially when you think Chris Farley, you think of David Spade because of their movies. You couldn't get him for like five, ten minutes. Unless it was too hard for him. I guess I get that. But other than that, phenomenal. I definitely recommend checking it out. Especially if you're even remotely interested in Chris Farley and his work. Nice. So, as, uh, yeah, I, I, saw, I think you would like it. Yeah, I saw... I Well, I started watching like... A, I think they have like trailers for him. You can kind of like watch yeah. like the minute. And it looked really super interesting. So... Awesome, man. Anything else on that? No, what have you been doing? So as far as what I've been doing, uh, I just watched this movie called um, Rush. I actually um, downloaded it from Netflix because I needed it. So when I was flying to Idaho over this past week, I I played the Switch on my flight there. And then I wanted to play. I played, oh, never mind. We'll I, get there. So oh. <laughs> Actually, it's not even on here because I, I played Triangle Strategy. Oh. I played it for just – because I was only the, – the plane ride's only like an hour and a half. So I wasn't playing it for that long. I didn't get to – I think I did a couple battles. But on the way back, I ended up downloading a movie on Netflix because I forgot you could do that, which I'm never yeah. traveling like that again without downloading a bunch of stuff on there, whether it be for car travel or for planes. But it was it was perfect on a flight. So uh, Rush was this action sports uh, movie that came out as uh, in 2000. 13, it stars uh, Chris Hemsworth as James Hunt and Daniel Brohl as Nikki Lauda. And it was directed by Ron Howard. So essentially, it's a, this story of these Formula One drivers in the 70s. And they had like this big rivalry. And Hemsworth's character was kind of like the rock and roll superstar kind of guy. And then Brohl's character was kind of like the straight edge, like brilliant, like mathematical dude that like always calculated the odds. Like he was the guy looking at the car and realizing like what he can shave off and all this kind of stuff. So... It's really cool because there's no enemy in the movie. There's no you're not 
you're not rooting against or really for anyone. It's two guys that both have the same dream that just kind of accomplish it in different ways. So it was kind of refreshing. I can't think of too many movies like that where there's no like, there's nothing in the way of them that you're like hoping either they win or the other person loses. It was just like, okay, well, what actually happens in this story? So um, I thought it was the movie you we were telling me about, but that was 4v Ferrari. 4v Ferrari. Okay, yeah. so I'd be curious of what your thoughts on this one would be because I think if you like that one, this one I was like incaptivated by. It. I was like, dude, I was hoping the plane kept going just so I could finish it in time because it's like two hours and six minutes or something. Yeah, because when you text me, you're like, I just watched Rush. I was like, what the fuck does that mean? Did you go see the band? <laughs> yeah, Rush, the dog from Mega Man. Uh, so it was a good movie that I saw again. You can check it out on Netflix. As far as, as, far as what I've been playing, I just beat this game called uh, What Remains of Edith Finch. It launched... On, I have that downloaded. It launched... Well, yeah, it launched on 2017, and I always see it. I always want to, like, play it, but for some reason... I pass it every time. Yeah, I never did. And it's uh, developed by a giant sparrow. It's published by uh, Annapurna Interactive, and the game... Uh, description says the game centers on the character of Edith, a member of the Finch family, uh, um, afflicted by a perceived curse that causes all but one member of each generation to die in unusual ways. Now, this game, if you've played um, Gone Home, which I yeah. know you did, um, it's got vibes like that, which um, Annapurna also produces. So it is kind of this walking sim where you're traveling through this house and you're she's kind of re-talking and like describing all the things that happened from the kids and how she couldn't see certain relatives and people were locked behind doors with like these peak holes that you can dig through but the point of the game is you're trying to figure out how all these guys died so when you go into their rooms you pick up certain things so for example without spoiling anything like one of them was an old like uh child star that had like this famous horror scream so when you do her story they actually did it like in a pulp comic so you actually open it up and there's like a crypt keeper uh, narrator and it's actually moving panel through panel, and then eventually you're actually in the panel moving it. So that was one aspect. Another one, you, you go into this guy um, who dies, and you're you're playing him at his job, but while he's daydreaming, you're playing like another game. One of them's just a complete flip book. So it was a super interesting, unique game. I don't think I've quite played anything like it. It was um, fantastic, and it gets dark pretty quick. I think you would enjoy this game. I told two people to play two games before they fell off of Game Pass, because it did just come off of Game Pass. I told Gino to play Edith Finch, which he did. I told Andrew to play Hades, which, which I did you not. did not? Okay, I was curious about that. So, um, I hate that it took me so long to play Edith Finch, because it is kind of a one-of-a-kind game. If you've got a chance to play it, play it. And I don't think it's too expensive, so even if you did miss it on Game Pass, I don't think it's more than like $14.99 or 20 bucks or something like that. Did you thaw it? Oh, I thought it. Yeah, I followed a Maka's guide for a couple of the missables. <laughs> Maka. Yeah, and it was it was good, you know. And uh, and it's not that long. It's about maybe two hours if you're not playing with a guide and you're really just kind of exploring everything. So uh, check that out. So guys, leave down below in the comments what you've been playing and what you've been up to and how your uh, gaming credentials are improving. So with that down and out of the way, guys, let's move into our main story. And that is that... Halo Infinite Roadmap has been revealed and it is causing some complaints within the community mainly with it being pushed back further and further. It seems like every time Halo kind of sets this milestone, we, it gets pushed back and it's causing a lot of frustration because people are waiting for the new content. In a game that has solid gameplay, what it lacks is solid content. So. The season two that we're currently in was originally supposed to run from May 3rd to November 8th. So that's got pushed back. So now what they're doing to fill that gap is they're doing what's called the winter upgrade, which is going to take the spot at that November 8th and it's going to run all the way to March 7th and it's going to incorporate a bunch of things that Andrew and I will kind of um, pick out and explain more. And now what they're doing is they're pushing season three, which they're calling Echoes Within, 
back to March 7th through June 27th of 2023. So at this point, season two is going to be running for about 10 months, which is very unheard of because as Andrew would know more than I, most seasons run from what, three to six months or so. But uh, let me just do this real quick here. So yeah. Um, so yeah, so before we dive into this, Andrew, I just want to ask you. Um, so do you think Halo is even going to be able to survive these constant pushbacks? So in other words, do you think people are willing to actually wait till November and let alone March? Or do you think at this point Halo is just losing its core audience and it's just going to be guys like me and Dante still playing it and stuff like that? Do you think they've lost what made it magic and, and the players that were dedicated to this thing? I think you saw the players there, especially even someone like me. I'll go and play it, but I'm going to talk shit about it the whole time. Even this, when I was reading, I'm like, oh my god, Like here we go again. It's always two steps forward, two steps backwards. Two steps forward, three steps backwards. It's always got to be something. I can net, like I just don't understand why they can never put out anything that's just all positive. It's just, it, it seems like it's always something with this game. So they, I'll say they're super lucky that they put out a game that fundamentally works well and plays really well. I know there's like still like a couple issues that they're working on, especially as far as like moment or whatever gameplay, but the gameplay for the most part is fine. If it wasn't, I I would have dropped it forever. I'm like, all right, you know, whatever, fuck you. Like, I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and wait on you to get your stuff together. Right. I'm trying to buy a house, have these kids, <laughs> and you're still stuck on going out and partying every Friday night. Well, because the main thing, too, is when we, I mean, I get the, the, I mean, the biggest complaint is this pushback. And again, this game needs more content to keep it, you know, to keep the coffers full and, and letting people enjoy it. But like we're saying with all these pushbacks of games, wouldn't you rather it be pushed back and be ready than when it comes out, be broken day one? Because that's kind of why I was asking you when the upgrade was for Battlefield 2042. That game you said, you know, has almost X amount of months. People are playing it completely broken compared to how Halo is. But I like how you right. said that at least Halo fundamentally still runs. It's just why am I still waiting around when there's just nothing to fill the gap? And it's just like... I just feel people check in sometimes. They don't see anything new, and they, they kind of back out. Although I did see, I don't know if you jumped on Halo recently, they, and Dante brought it to my attention. They just brought doubles back. Doubles and, and ranked yeah, doubles, so did. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, it's, Battlefield is just different. You know, that game launched a shit show, and they had already lost, like, all faith with the last one. People were losing faith, and you they kind of earned that back with the launch of this game. And I think that's why they're getting a lot more pushback. Is like, okay, you push the date back, that's not really what the problem is. The problem is now I'm losing faith in you because the game already launched bare bones as it was. Mm. You just had a great campaign and great fundamentals. But now all this other stuff that should have been there is getting pushed back. So now that means you're pushing back all the other future stuff that I want that maybe isn't as important. Now that's even pushed further back down the road. Yeah, so yeah, well said. And, I, and we'll kind of dive into some of the things that they're kind of essentially saying that is coming. And again, this is all subject to change. That was kind of the big thing they said. There was a There's a big... Uh, 30 minute um, interview that you guys can watch the link will be in the description that had um, Sketch who's the community director Joseph Statton who's the head of creative at 343 and then Sean Barron who I believe is kind of a newcomer who is the head of Halo Infinite's live service so before we dive into kind of what they were pointing out was there anything else you want to add on that? Oh, I just, I did want to know, um, because you were talking about other seasons, I don't play, like, Fortnite or anything, so I don't know if theirs is, but usually the average Call of Duty season, even though they don't add a different map, they'll add different modes, they'll change the map around with their newest one, I, I forget what it's called, I think it's, like, Endgame or something, they took the top of the mountain and now it's a volcano and they redid the entire inside of it, and that's on top of the other stuff they've been adding kind of around the map. 
So usually that's around 60 to 70 days. But again, that's just for a battle royale. I don't play the... I don't play Vanguard, which would be the big Call of Duty game. I know they add new maps and modes and stuff like that. I wouldn't, I couldn't tell you how frequent that is because that's not what Call of Duty meat and bones is for me anymore. It's all about that war zone. So again, a, a, a better time length, and I feel like you're getting more than fuck. I gotta wait another year yeah. for like this big thing. Yeah, it is disappointing, especially if you have been there since day one. But I gotta point out to people still, this game was like an early preview. Like I think you could get it in November, but the game came out like December. Of 2021 so this game still has not been out for a full year so with that being said i still got to be like okay 343 is still kind of doing this this games as a service which they've never really done before i'm i'm I don't, no i mean if the question is you know are you you know are you gonna be still contained because they keep pushing it back i don't think anyone's happy that that's happening right i mean but it is eventually coming and i if you if there is a you know silver lining it's that if it all does because here's the other thing before we dive into it is these dates better stick because if they do one more thing where they go, hey, this is all coming between these dates, this is all coming between these dates, if they do one more push, then at that point, man, then you're losing all credibility. And I mean, you were talking earlier, like, is 343 even capable of handling this anymore? I wasn't sure kind of where you f fell on that pendulum. I it's I don't even know if it's the team at this point. Like, maybe it could be the team, or maybe I feel bad for the team. Like, who the fuck is managing this that's supposed to be at the top that keeps you on your goals? Like, I just don't understand what's going on, because it's... And I don't think you can blame COVID anymore. Yeah, you know, there's that, a lot of games that have come out, and I mean, maybe not on scale, but yeah, COVID is, is kind of in the rearview mirror, so why, why are, again, why are you going till next year? And I think some, some of the other things are, like, I don't experience issues as much as, like, a lot of other people, but there's, like, issues where, like, your gun wouldn't shoot for, like, a while, and that took them a while to fix, and it wasn't immediate, so it's like, if I have to wait so long for this other stuff to happen, I could forgive you if I could see an immediate fix for something like that was a big deal where you weren't, like, able to shoot, and that's causing you to lose a fight, but that wasn't an immediate fix, so it's like, where the fuck is this extra time going? Like, what are you doing? Because even the stuff that you are showing me that's coming is all stuff that should have been day one or within the first six months or something like that so what are you doing that's this big thing like what I, I just don't understand where the time is going <laughs> yeah you're getting me excited for things that should have been launch things so uh with that being said guys i do want to point out that they did say that once season three hits right once once we get to uh march of next year um that they will be moving in four seasons a year they will be doing three-month seasons moving forward. What should be typical of right. a games as a service. So it seems like they are planning to get there. Who knows if it's actually going to land it. But like I said, if they don't nail these dates, then, you know, even me who's hanging on, I'm thinking, you know, that it's worth the wait. We'll get it. If they, if they lose it again, then it's like, okay, then I don't know. If, I don't even know if I can like even defend you at that point. Anyway. I think the big problem is they're just being led right now by their poor management, George R.R. Martin, and it's coming. It's coming. Like That's all I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, guys. It's coming. So let's talk about what they're actually going to be filling the gap. So from November 8th to March 7th, what we're actually going to be getting, which should have been season two, which kind of seems to be kind of the filler to kind of tide people over until season three actually launches. That was so. supposed to be in September before, right? Or I believe it was supposed this, to launch this month and then it got pushed back. Yeah, right? yeah. Was, I believe they were supposed to have a couple of mechanics coming in. So the first thing that I want to point out is that the Forge beta is actually coming here, which is the big um, map builder that was supposed to be a day one launch, which 
I understand if it needed to get pushed back, that is a big task. That whole system running is not like the old Forge mechanics. They, I believe they rebuilt it from the ground up. If you watch the interview, they kind of dive into kind of more of the specs on actually what's running with it. That's the one thing when I saw it, I'm like, okay, this seems what you're adding to it looks kind of impressive that I could kind of forgive you for that not being there right away. Yeah, This is like the one thing out of all of them that I saw that I was like, okay, I get that. Yeah, for, and this needs to be running flawlessly like if forge drops and it's and it's busted it's broken because it's a lot to try to put in there um then i could see that being a huge downfall i gotta say though that that halo needs to at least make a playlist soon sooner than later of once people start rebuilding levels like zanzibar ivory tower lockout like there needs to be a playlist that's just user community stuff like that you know what i mean that i can play just old school maps and things like that so Forge is going to be one of the things. Now, they're not saying it's all going to be day one, November 8th. It's, this is all supposed to launch between November and March. But like I said, this better be sooner than November sooner than, than it is later, March. Yeah. So, I don't know. Anything with Forge that you're looking forward to? Do you agree that there should be a playlist that's dedicated to just community maps? I Yeah, I would like to say that. I think that's how you get some of the funner game modes. I think one of my favorite ones that I... I mean, that's how you ended up with Fiesta was stuff like that from Forge. I think that's one of the my favorite modes from the last Halo is um, the one... The capture the flag on Fiesta where you have two flags... And the map only goes like this. It's just a straight down, and you run into each other. And so you're just all, all you're doing is just running relentlessly at each other, trying to kill each other and grab the flag. Even if you get the flag, you just have to get all the way down and that, and it's just one lane. And that to me was one of the most extreme times I've ever had fun. Yeah. So Forge is the biggest thing that I know they need to get right. So the next thing that they pointed out is that they're going to be doing a smaller thirty tier battle pass. And what they were saying in the interview is that you know that. It's not as big. They can't do as as big a hundred battle tier pass like the like season three will have. But they wanted to have something that's smaller, and this one will be free all the way across the board. So there is no paying for. It. And what they're trying to learn from this one is like, okay, we're gonna be incorporating all these new things. We're gonna be learning about new um, like unlocks. They're gonna be doing gear from like Reach and things like that. But they're like, we don't want it. We don't want anyone to pay for it. And we also want if you've already maxed out your battle pass, here's something new to at least fill the gap. So I do like that there's something there to at least you're not. You're not necessarily waiting till March with nothing new to do. You at least have a new pass to do it. But I don't. But again, it doesn't make up for the the season being pushed back. But it is, I, I think, a neat filler. Maybe it's interesting. But I still have the fundamental problem of like, well, what entices me to like win or even do better? I'm not getting rewarded for it. So it, you know, I get the same amount of points no matter what. I feel like that's something they need to address and maybe kind of work in. I know they're talking about doing some sort of xp and they're gonna put it in beta that goes with this that like if you're even if you're just in a match you'll get points even if you're not doing like the challenges and stuff it's like okay what if i drop 20 kills though what if i'm the guy who captured six flags yeah don't i deserve a, a little bit more don't, don't i deserve, deserve love, love? <laughs> Um, so they actually did kind of touch on that briefly. They said that they are, so the, this battle pass is going to focus more on what you're doing on, via how you play. So you are going to be rewarded more with XP because yeah, the match XP beta is going to be there. So now you are going to be earning XP every match because eventually on season passes, like when you do your challenges, there's no more XP. You're just playing. Right. So there will be match XP that gives you uh, XP consistently. But they did say there are going to be things for winning. There are going to be new things for how much time you're actually investing into the game. So they didn't really dive into it. But as if that being your concern, it seems like that is something that this particular battle pass is going to address. And then whatever they can kind of mine from the data, I think they're going to incorporate into next season's battle pass. Yeah, I, I, uh, that's what I was hoping for. I'm like, okay, I need something a little more than vague. I'd like specifics. Yeah, I need the specifics. So 
Um, the next thing that they point out is that they are going to be adding two new maps. They're going to be doing um, the maps that are Detachment and Argyle. And they said that these are maps that were completely made in the Forge, um, in the system development. So I, we briefly kind of saw them. I mean, they look like Halo maps to me, but they, they stand out. I think they look better than they, the ones they added from Season 2. I don't care too much about the maps like we were talking about before. I'm more interested in the lore behind the multiplayer. <laughs> right. Now, um, I thought the maps looked good. I like them. Again, I don't understand, especially because they're, they're, they're in a jam the way that they are. Well, I just, I cannot fathom why it's so hard to, okay, here's two maps, and we're going to take two legacy maps, two lockout and fucking something else. I don't care. It doesn't matter. And we'll give you those two on top of it. Just so it feels like you're giving more. Those maps are already made, proven to work, drawn up. You know how they should play and how to work. And make it work for the 4v4. Make it work for the big team fucking battle. Like, I, I just don't understand why that's not... Whoever's not there, like, okay, here's how we can make up for it. The work's already done. Yeah. You know, just port it straight from the, the Halo 2 fucking Master Chief collection. <laughs> so Argyle is a the 4v4 arena that they're that they're um, going to be introducing. Detachment is kind of the OBJ-inspired one that's going to be more focused on, like, capture the flag and things like that. But they did say that this this will be the first map in Halo Infinite that has a teleporter. So if that's something that... I think it's the first like, Infinite map that has infinite a teleporter. Infinite map, yeah, that has a teleporter. So the last thing that um, I want to talk about the winter upgrade, which is the biggest one that a lot of people are having an issue with, is that... They're going to be doing the campaign network co-op and mission replay. Now, I think a lot of people were misinterpreting it. A lot of people, when you're looking at some of the headlines, were saying the, the co-op was canceled completely. And that's not necessarily what happened. What happened was the couch co-op, the split screen version of um, co-op has been canceled. And they said they used the resources to kind of focus on this other on these other um, projects that they have coming up. But the campaign network co-op mission replay is still going to be a thing. So if you still have a friend online, then you guys can still play the campaign together. And there was that um, that flight recently that a lot of people partake in. And they said it was awesome. It does suck that the co-op, split co-op screen is going to be out. It's been a staple since Halo 1. But at the end of the day, I'm not losing much sleep over it. I mean, it's unfortunate that it's not an option anymore, but... I mean, if me and you were to play the co-op, we wouldn't be doing it, Couch. So, do, do you think it's a, a huge, a huge missed opportunity, or is it just kind of people crying over spilt milk? I think it's a huge opportunity, specifically because after the outcry from the last one, they said the next one's going to have it. It is something that we're going to do, and there are lots of people who still do play it. I'm not, and I'm of the mind like you, like oh, I could care less. Like it doesn't matter to me. That's not how I'm going to play it. But when you promise something and you say you're going to deliver something like that, just to outright cancel it. And I don't understand why they can't do it because you can play split screen multiplayer, and even now on the. And I wonder if it's a matter of how the consoles work because you can make i watched a video of it earlier this guy's able to rigmarole the menu and stuff like that and he made it so that way it you can do split screen co-op for the story mm. and he had two controllers and it was working he didn't get so far into it that i could see him like do a mission and maybe that's part of the problem or something i don't know but he was able to make it work and move around and shoot and do you know kill people and do whatever so i don't know if maybe Okay, obviously it works on the X. Is this a problem with, well, we don't want it to work on the Series X and then not work on the Xbox One huh, that I way. didn't think about that, yeah. So I was like, is the Xbox One holding this back in maybe that sort of capacity? In which case, I wouldn't have even been mad or the obvious solution would have been like, you know, we're going to have split-series co-op. Unfortunately, we can only make it work on the Series X. If you have an Xbox One, we're sorry. 
put out a simple apology and there's your monkey's paw. You get it, but here's why it's not going to work on the other thing. So either way, especially because there's already some form of it working that I just, I would like an answer to why not. Well, well we're taking away to do other things because it is important to somebody. It's not important to me, but yeah, the people I without put, internet, you know, how are they else going to get a Yeah, I, I can't put down other people or, or someone who doesn't want to have to buy two consoles. I'm lucky in the, I'm lucky enough to where me and my fiance both have two consoles right next to each other we used to not have two consoles we used to just have the one console and we'd play it split screen all the time so if i was living like that then i would be the guy who shit out of luck so i can't shit on them for being mad at that yeah i think it's it's weird because you you're backed by my microsoft you have all the money in the world what do you what resources are you talking about that you don't have allocated to every part of this division i don't get it again I, i i echo Andrew's sentiment where it's like it doesn't affect me but you're missing a core you know keystone of your guys's build and it even says you know back in um despite the 2017 pledge never to skip split screen co-op in another halo yep. game they they announced that they are going to do that and if you remember halo 5 got murdered for not having a co-op split screen so I don't know why, especially after the last game, that would be the thing you're going to cut. When there's so many other things you could have gotten rid of or, or maybe um, did differently, that that would be the thing. But at the end of the day, at least co-op is still going to be a thing. And it's not scrapped completely, which I think a lot of people thought that was what was going to be. So it will be there just in a smaller um, capacity. So uh, the next thing I want to get into was that there is going to be a new game mode. It's called Covert One Flag. And this is supposed to be a Spies vs. Mercs kind of game to where if you're going to be retrieving the flag, you're you're gonna have these default loadouts, which is gonna be the pulse carbine, um, the sidekick, and you're gonna have unlimited camo. If you're gonna be defending the flag, you're gonna have the commando, the sword, and unlimited threat sensors. Um, for entering a new mode, I don't know if this kind of plays off of any old past modes, but it sounds very different than what the current modes are. Uh, did this catch your eye at all? I think it's alright, but I'm still craving other modes. Like, I would like to... Auto have, modes? <laughs> I want to have, like, multi-team. I'd rather have multi-team back before I have this. Especially since you're just introducing doubles finally back right. in. Like, is this why doubles took so long? Is because you're working on this other mode without having a fundamental? I'm ready to dive into doubles or, like I said, multi-team. I prefer the kind of smaller aspects than the... I'm, I'm, I'm more smaller than the big team battle. Because big team battle, it's so hard to carry somebody. I could carry a team of two. <laughs> a team of two so that's pretty much what the winner upgrade has again will it be enough to hold people over until march you know is the 30 tier battle pass a new mode co-op finally being able to do something you can do will that be enough to fill the void we will see but come march 7th when echoes within starts um the interview kind of briefly discovers this so we, we won't really dive too much into this but here's what will be coming is that they are going to have a new 100 tier Battle Pass, which was kind of obvious. They are going to be doing a custom game browser, which is kind of going to tweak the way the UI and the UX are because right now it is kind of ugly. It is kind of jumbled. Yeah, yeah. it is kind of like an antiquated version of why things aren't catching up as fast. Like even in MCC, the when you're in a queue, I feel like it's infinitely better than anything yeah. Halo Infinite does. Yeah, I felt like that was a lot more streamlined. Yeah, so that is going to be two things that are coming. Um, they're also going to do two new game modes, which they're calling VIP and Escalation. They didn't really give any details on that yet, but those are coming. There's a new equipment that's coming, which I thought looked really interesting. It's called the Shroud Screen. So the picture should be popping up. It's this blue kind of bubble, which essentially um, ammo, gunfire, and grenades can still go through it. 
no one can see in in it no one can see out of it and if you are inside of it you cannot be detected by radar i think they're overdue to be adding a new equipment and i like that it looks like it's so much different than any of the other ones i like that it's something i didn't know i needed it's pretty <laughs> much a, it's a futuristic smoke grenade yeah yeah and i'm just like damn you know that's really cool and i never would have pictured like okay in the future how would a smoke grenade that makes perfect <laughs> sense so where i'm like you know what that's actually a really cool idea Oh man, that well, as far as how abusive it it's gonna. I mean, we'll have to wait and see how it works when you actually play it. But in theory, it sounds cool. Yeah, I mean, do you like the the color though? Couldn't the color instantly just kind of telegraph where someone's out where instead of being maybe a light like well, something that could have maybe matched the color a gray a brown or something well, now coming off of battlefield 24 that's the point of a smoke grenade you're out in an open field that's the double-sided they can't see you you can't see them and people know where you are sometimes you throw that out there as a decoy so okay i'm focusing here while i shift to the left but they think i'm hiding in the well, thing there you go my man so you know what you're doing with it um, the other thing that I really liked is that they're going to be doing a new weapon, which is called the Bandit Rifle. Now, they they were talking about comparing it to the DMR, but it's From reach. A, yeah, it's supposed to be more of a close-range weapon. So what they've kind of done is they've taken off the scope. So you can still, you can still you know, zoom down it like you would a pistol, they said. With the, the smart the sidekick. Yeah. But, it's, but now, since there's no scope, if you're getting hit, it won't de-scope you, which I thought was really cool. And I really... I really like the DMR, and uh, it's kind of cool to see a version, I guess, coming back. I, was, I remember liking it a lot in Reach, so I, I don't know. We'll see when it gets here. All right. And so other than that, they said that they're going to be doing... I think two new maps, too. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. where were the maps at? Um, yeah, I don't know if they gave names for them. Uh, it's going to be an arena map and a big team battle map. So, again, by the time you jump into Season 3, you should be getting four new maps. But again, though, is that enough? And then even still, it's is that your preferred game mode? Because technically, for me, that would be two maps. Because I don't like playing BTB. I will, but it's not my. I preferred. can't even remember the last time I jumped in BTB. It's all arena, so technically, you and me are both just getting two maps out of however long. Yeah. So, um, so overall, game and just kind of you know recap all the we we know the biggest detrimental thing to Halo Infinite has just been the delay, the delay, the lack of content. But as someone as seeing what's on the arrival on the horizon, and again, if these dates stick. Do you think that's enough content that by the time season three kicks in early next year, it's enough to maybe grab back or bring back anybody that either left or is looking forward to it? And if their their statement of moving into three month seasons, I mean, do you think Halo could be a return to form and rival you know the big dogs or? I don't think. How do you look at it? I don't think this season passes, or you know, up until season three is going to move the needle at all, really, for anybody. I think when season three launches, and then they come out with that plan, they better come out guns blazing with maps, modes, whatever. I think that's going to be the real telltale sign. For right now, they kind of—I don't want to say get a pass, but they could easily cruise from here to then. Nice, yeah. And again, I just got to point out to everyone—you know, this is their first time doing it. it. The game is less than a year. We've forgiven other games that have lasted a lot longer. Not who have, me. Who have, who have done a lot worse. I'll so. crucify you day one. <laughs> so, guys, that is our main story. Um, we're going to move into... Uh, leave your thoughts down below of how you feel about this. Because, I mean, we've already got, put so much time into this. There's so much more to say. Right. And if more comes out, the more we'll, we'll talk about it. But uh, we're going to move into questions of the week. Now, guys, if you want to submit a question for Andrew and I to answer on the show, you can... Uh, email us at lastcallproductions at gmail.com. You can leave your question down in the YouTube uh, section down below, or you can hit me up on social media at Craig Perales on any of those platforms. So uh, let's move into it, Andrew. What say you? What's that medieval thing that was back there? I was kind of looking at that ad. Medieval? I'll look at it here in a second. <laughs> so uh, the first question comes from Jacob L. And they write, 
Uh, did you see that Game Pass finally revealed more about its family and friends offer? This looks really cool and a huge plus for Game Pass. Do you have your group picked out yet? So, yeah, I just want to read real quickly to catch you guys up on... Because right now it's kind of in its, like, testing and beta stuff. So, this comes to us from IGN and it says... Microsoft has finally revealed the long-rumored Xbox Game Pass friends and family plan just days after a logo leak all about confirmed the new subscription tier. Xbox announced that the new plan, uh, which will allow subscribers to share up to four other friends and family members, is being tested in Ireland and Colombia, where it will cost uh, €21.99 per month and 49900 COP, which is the Colombian peso, respectively. Friends and family plan uh, members will gain all the usual benefits of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, which includes cloud streaming and a rotating selection of games. While pricing details haven't been revealed in the U.S., it figures to be roughly $10 more than the current Xbox Game Pass Ultimate plan, which is currently costs $14.99. The plan will allow users to share the cost among multiple people. So yeah, this was kind of a big um, debate of what was the cost going to be? You know, was this thing, if we're already paying $15 a month, for the Game Pass Ultimate, which is a great deal for what you're getting, you know, what was how much more was it going to be? Were they going to double it and make it thirty? I think I think they're almost kind of under. I mean, I think you're getting a great deal, ten more dollars to add four more people, which collectively is five dollars a head. I did it say Colombian peso in that article, or you knew that was Colombian peso? Because I was like, what the fuck does COP stand for? Oh no, I, it's just currency that I remember. The Colombian oh, peso. I had, I had no clue. I had to do like the the translate and the, uh, like. I was like, how much money is that in American? <laughs> no, I don't know why it stands out to me. There's just certain ones like francs and stuff like that that I recognize. Well, and... I yeah, I would get that. I, I was like, I've never seen COP, but no, I think <laughs> that you're definitely getting bang for your buck because if you break that down, it's five dollars a person that you're sharing that with for however you know there's so many games and so many things on there yeah one of the things too was um kind of the the trick around it was you could make two people like andrew and i you can make each other's your home xbox which essentially would give the other player ultimate and any games you bought would go to the other system i I'm, we were talking about it earlier i don't know if they would get rid of that per se just because this kind of now negates it you know this kind of like now like why do that when now you can have three more people and pay a quarter of the price but it seems to be a move in a very user-friendly way, you know. I mean, it's not kind of, it's not trying to charge you an arm and a leg to do. So, I am curious though. Do you think the home Xbox was still going to play any type of, um, any type of role? Because what they're saying is the main Xbox that everyone has to attach to is how friends and family will be able to get it. Oh, I, I have no clue. I, I don't think so. I, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. All I know is after I read that. I was like, damn, and Sony's over here with their shitty like pricing yeah. plans, and I was like, this is, I was like, makes perfect sense. I would upgrade to that, no problem. Yeah, there's a thing in the article too that I'll leave in the description that says if you've got 30 days left of Game Pass, whether it be Ultimate, PC, Gold, how, how much that converts in the days to the friends and family pass. I won't read all of those, but you can check that out if that's something you're interested in. But as far as the end of his question, because you and I were kind of talking about it too, is do you have your group? Is there anybody we would naturally ha- kind of bring into our fold? Because it's been me and you for a couple years now. I, I, I don't know if, if Gino and CN, would be, that'd be something they'd want to do. Or I don't know. Or if you we would keep it more the girlfriends. I think so. I feel like that's kind of what you have to do, especially because we end up, I usually end up playing with them before I'd play with a lot of other people. Is that what you were talking about? The medieval thing that kept popping yeah, up? Yeah, the oh. ad over on the side. So there's an ad on my laptop that keeps kind of triggering the advertisement. So that's what caught it. It got so. me. It looked cool. Yeah. So I got to say, man, it's it's a good move. Um, they are testing it in um, you know, Ireland and Colombia. So maybe the brothers take, who I believe are all in Ireland, um, maybe they can uh, shed some light on how it's kind of 
um, working. So maybe they might do something. So check them out, guys. The brothers take. They they uh, they're my Ireland boys. So um, anything else on that, Andrew? Nah. So let's move into our second question from uh, BJR, and they write: Is Konami making a comeback? It seems they have slowly been getting back in, in, into their IP of games and showing interest in things like TGS. So I kind of this one kind of skipped past me. Andrew sent me the article. So and this comes to us from Gamatsu, and it says Konami has opened its Tokyo Game Show 2022 website and announced its games lineup and live stream schedule, including an unannounced title from Konami and several new titles from partner companies. The unannounced title from Konami, which will be presented in a stage event on September 16th, is said to be an entry in a World Love series. So, um, I know you were kind of dwelling on this. What do you think about Konami coming back or and the surprise game? I'm really excited about it because I love Konami games. I love. I'm. They show their lineup. I'm like, okay, you know, not everything on there is for me. The big other rumor right now that they're going to be showing uh, at the show uh, that's come from a lot of places is that uh, Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, and 3 remaster, so not a remake or anything, just a remaster, is going to be available, and it's going to be available on all consoles. And Xbox, we have not had Metal Gear Solid 1 yet. We had that collection before that came with 2, 3, and Peace Walker, but no 1, so I would definitely get back into that. As far as what I hope that game is, I'm kind of torn because uh, Silent Hill's big, and I feel like maybe that's a safer bet, especially because... Resident Evil's doing so well right now. You have Dead Space and all that coming back. So I don't see why they wouldn't do a Silent Hill. I'm hoping it's that Metal Gear Solid 3. They I was showing Craig before, because I don't think he had seen it, that they had gone through with the Fox engine, which is what they used for Metal Gear Solid 5, and they redid a majority of the cutscenes for Metal Gear Solid 3 for a fucking stupid pachinko machine, even though that makes them... A ton of their money, but it looks so good that I'm like, damn! If you remade Metal Gear Solid Three looking like this, that would be absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Manny Andrew, you know we're sitting here playing pachinko. So, uh, yeah, to answer your question, uh, Konami is coming back, man. You've slowly been seeing them kind of come back into the fold. Once an, a pillar in the gaming industry, who kind of just kind of slid away and kind of been letting some IPs go here and there. You know, you have been seeing them do Castlevania collections that are recently. You have been seeing them doing Contra collections again and things like that. So they are coming back. The Metal Gear Solid is obviously one of the biggest things that they've got. I, I think I'm with you. You said Silent Hill, right? I th- I think that's the safe bet. What would you like it to be? Oh, well, after playing some of these Castlevanias, I think, and after the show, I think right now there's a lot of hype for Castlevania. That so was my other one, I yeah. would say redo it because Castlevanias, regardless if you like the Lords of Shadow and, and number two, they're, they're not what people were wanting, right? So if they could make a... They're maybe, right for a reboot. Yeah, maybe back to form kind of Castlevania. That would be awesome. Um, but I think Silent Hill has been long since dormant. And I think that is the... But you're saying, yeah, the safe bet that people would assume would be that they, uh, that they could easily cash in on. You know, as soon as they drop that, people would be all over it. So um, the Tokyo Game Show, I don't know if I said it earlier, is going to run from September 15th through 18th. So during that time... Uh, we will have their final drop of what is actually going to be uh, showcased there. So I think theirs is on the 16th, if I'm not mistaken. So okay, definitely cool. check it out. Uh, the final question comes from, and we got time to do one more. It comes from uh, Roizen Walker, and they write, uh, what were your favorite cartoons when you were growing up? So it's so funny because this question was put in before I uploaded that video today. So shameless plug, if you do want to go through some nostalgia on our uh, Power Hour playlist on the channel, I just uploaded a cartoon uh, intro, Power Hour, that you can watch that goes through a bunch of stuff from like the 80s 
to current. So it was a perfect place for it. So I don't know. We and you have a slight age gap. So what were your what were your cartoons as a as a kid, and then maybe a little older, like in like high school or something like that? Um, I actually. Oof. Or were they all in Spanish? <laughs> no, no. It was definitely like I I loved Rugrats. Nickelodeon was like a big part of it. I'd say Rugrats probably the most important one that I can remember watching that consistently. On top of once Pokemon and like Dragon Ball Z came yeah. out, and then maybe once you're a little bit older around that range, the only other one I could really think of that I like loved loved besides that Curtis Cowardly Dog, I love that would be. Uh, and then Nettie. And then, yeah. Those, those are kind of my staples right there. And yeah. I feel like that's a big, like, 90s to almost, like, 2000s and maybe a little bit beyond. Yeah, because we were both in that prime spot where Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network were, like, making the best cartoons. Yeah, they're I, going head-to-head yeah. head competing. I look at what they make now, and I'm just so uninterested in it. But, like, back in the day, it was Rugrats was awesome. Doug was awesome. Hey, Arnold. Uh, hey, Arnold. Uh, Dante's getting mad because I log into his... His Paramount, which has all the Nickelodeon stuff, and I just flood his stuff with all the stuff I'm watching. Dexter's Laboratory was a big one, but yeah, I would say getting older, it was definitely things like Dragon Ball, um, Avatar when it came out, Avatar, um, and that was back when like Justice League, Batman animated series, Superman animated series were coming out. So those were kind of more of the older shows. Now it's I, say, I think Avatar I kinda... is a little bit older. I think I was like 15 when Avatar was airing. Yeah, high school, high school, you're still, you're still like you're, Teen Titans. Teen Titans was awesome. I think. The most modern favorite cartoon, even though I know this is a little bit older, I'd say the last Yu-Gi-Oh. modern cartoon that I loved would be Adventure Time. I thought Adventure Time completely captures what those younger cartoons were about, and that's a modern one. I like, or like a regular show too. I like. I think SpongeBob is the last of the dying breed. It started. It was at the tail end of the good cartoons, and for some odd reason, it's still surviving in all the new cartoons. Even so it's kind of that that weird battle. It did. Yeah, it lost its flavor, but I I feel it's the last bridge between our cartoons and and the new school cartoons so um any other any other highlights or shout outs you want to give before we wrap this sucker up i can't think of any go ahead and take us home all right guys so thank you for the question and uh leave your comments down below guys that is the end of episode 146 join us next week for episode 147 so until then guys my name is craig perales this is manju matamere cheers happy labor day That lunch combo, I had to wait 10 minutes for for like the thicker one. I'm like, no, do you just have a pepperoni pizza ready? He's like, yeah, sure. Let me go and get it for you. Comes over, brings it to the window, hands it to me, takes my card, comes back, and is like, all right, that was 807 And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, are they not $5 anymore? He's like, no, they haven't been for a while, man. And I'm like... I always thought isn't they that were... their biggest isn't that their biggest like advertisement is a five dollar pie to go. And I, when I was looking around at the thing, I'm like, I thought I looked online earlier. It still said five dollars. Or if you do even get there for the lunch special, you get the lunch and the soda for the five bucks. So I was fucking pissed too because dude, they, I cheese you. I don't like their food. I'm like, dude, that definitely is not worth eight dollars. My other friends. Wait, always so what is it? What up. is it now? It's it's seven ninety nine or seven ninety nine and what's or it's seven fifty six and with tax it comes out to eight oh seven. And the late other lady's like, oh, they must have charged you wrong because yeah, I went there like two weeks ago. It was six fifty six. So they just raised their prices again oh. from five to something else to something else now. And I'm like, bro. Little Caesars, bro. They're doing the streaming model. They they get you at the low price and then they fucking stack it up. And the next thing you know, you're paying ten dollars a pie. I'll-